0: There are three clear cues or clues in my body and life that I have one or more leaky boundaries that need attending to. These cues for me are resentment, persistent anxiety or avoidance. Welcome. I'm Krista O'Reilly Davitagi, founder of a life in progress.ca and rebrandingmiddleage.com. I offer my work as a writer grief and trauma-informed mind-body coach, always in progress, and joyful living educator. And my work centers around the needs and experiences of midlife women. My work more broadly is for freedom seekers, truth-tellers, and stubborn questioners, highly sensitive souls, slow movers, and non-hustlers. The anxious, grieving, weary, and healing reforming people pleasers perfectionists performers and peacekeepers brave messy curious humans ready to quiet the conditioning and noise to reclaim freedom wholeness and joy i'm glad you're here so i want to start by explaining what a leaky boundary is and what it is not so just need to flip here so a leaky boundary, first and foremost, is um, a boundary that is, or a not necessarily a missing boundary, but a, a boundary that is not healthy enough, and it's interfering with us walking at our core values, interfering with our mind, emotion, body health, or otherwise disrupting our ability to live with freedom, wholeness, and joy. So a leaky boundary might be a boundary that used to work, but it's just not working anymore because we're in a new season. Um, It could be a boundary line that was never communicated clearly either to self or to another person. Uh, could be something that we just really didn't need to worry about before. Like maybe it was never a super clearly communicated boundary, but it wasn't problematic in the past. And now it is causing issues. It could also be a boundary that um, you were afraid of establishing and honoring where you were afraid of establishing and honoring what you really needed. So, you know, you kind of maybe tolerated some stuff out of people pleasing or fear or whatever f- maybe fear of the other person's response um it could be a boundary that just recently someone started testing or pushing against in a new way and, and needs attention so it's a boundary where one way or another there was an an, an attempt you know, it may have been like not super intentional per se, but there's there's something there. You know, you were clear that there was a desire you had or a need you had, but it was never like maybe it just it needs to be tightened up or the leaks need to be filled. So what it's not, what a leaky boundary is not is a non-existent boundary or where there is unsafety. That is just a full-on boundary violation. That is not leaky. So for instance, unsafety could look like abuse, gaslighting, disrespect, or personal attacks. And that's just a no-go. So we're not talking about those today. So autumn and spring in my year, for me, uh, um, are beautiful decluttering seasons. So in these seasons, I tend to do a lot of pruning, looking for leaks, like shoring up leaks, streamlining, simplifying, systematizing. Um, and sometimes the flavor of these things is a slightly different in autumn and spring, but nonetheless, it just tends to sort of be a, a it naturally arises as ideal times for this type of work. Um, This autumn, holy, there's been a lot of um, leaky boundaries in my life rising to the surface that have needed attention. Um, I'm not 100% sure why there's so many right now. But um, it's always a good thing. For me, it's always a positive thing, because it's really important information. Um, So So yeah, I'm just going to dive in right there. So we often meet our leaky boundaries or even non-existent boundaries by bumping up against them. Uh, We tend to judge everything in our life that's kind of messy um, or uncomfortable as somehow bad or wrong. But as I just said, this is actually really important, positive life-giving information. It's for our good. So if you notice that you're bumping up against something like that maybe it is uncomfortable but it is always for your good or to lead you into greater freedom wholeness and joy and as life changes so must our boundaries so it's also to be expected you know some it's it's you know it's kind of like raising kids like you kind of figure them out at different stages of their development and then all of a sudden everything changes again or at least a lot of things change again. So it's similar, like we're always in progress. Um, Life doesn't isn't static, and we are not static. So our boundaries will need to be adjusted as we move forward in life and in our relationships. Um, Okay, so I just want to kind of for my own brain, actually here, we kind of mention what do I want to talk about moving forward in this episode? I want to give you some examples of leaky boundaries from my life just kind of I jotted down a random list of things that popped into my brain i would like to share some of the most common reasons that midlife women struggle with boundary setting now this isn't only about leaky boundaries this is about boundaries in general um And this isn't sort of a boundaries masterclass, but I am going to direct you over or share links with you to a couple of workshops that I've offered and four different blog posts that speak to, you know, what is a boundary? Um, Is it compassionate? Um, How do we go about establishing boundaries with self and others? So I mentioned two things there. Um, Yeah that's where I'm gonna start. I think I will start with just a bit of information about like what is a healthy boundary, just in case you're unclear on that. Um, and again, honestly, like this is one of the most common and, and impactful places that we could put some energy in midlife. Like, that's my experience, at least in my work circles. Um, And even if you have been doing the work for 20 years, it tends to be a great time to check in and do some truth-telling around what is and isn't working. Maybe do some skill building. um, Check your assumptions. Explore the root stories that are impacting your ability to name for yourself communicate and honor healthy boundaries in your life a healthy boundary generally speaking is clearly communicated um to yourself above all and then when appropriate to others not every boundary is is needs to be communicated to other people some of them are just about you and you um so it's clear it's appropriate to the relationship and so I would think about like my circle of impact Um, I've mentioned that on the on the podcast at least a couple times I believe and um, that might be a fourth or fifth article around boundaries but I speak to the circle of impact so I'll just try to remember to include that Um, but it's sort of like what it the placement of the relationship impacts the type of boundary. Um, so it's appropriate to the relationship. And for the most part, it's flexible. That does not mean porous or leaky, but flexible. So, and again, one of the ways that I gauge appropriate level of flexibility would be placement on my circle of impact. So, somebody in my inner circles, those relationships, I'm willing to allow more flexibility. As a relationship moves out into a further circle, further, yeah, like a concentric circle on my circle of impact, within my circle of impact, that boundary becomes tighter or even more rigid. There's less give. And maybe I'll touch on that more later. Maybe I won't, but I'll just leave that there. Um, so one further note around that is that I believe that rigid boundaries are very appropriate, healthy and needed and wise in certain seasons and with certain relationships. Um, I'm just gonna go right over to some of the common reasons that at least in my experience, midlife women often struggle with boundaries in general. These come from the mouths of women in my circle. So I've got seven core reasons here. Um, I've pulled people and pulled the results and then kind of organized it according to these seven in seven common themes. They are guilt, people pleasing, feeling selfish. That's number one. Number two, fear of rejection. Will they still love me? And or grief from loss of relationships. I've just grouped that together. Number three, frustration. Or could be anger slash resentment um, or, you know, add whatever dominant emotion comes up for you. Frustration when boundaries are set and not honored by set. That would need to mean clearly communicated to self and others. Number four, feeling like avoiding conflict is easier than setting a boundary. Number five, self-doubt, feelings of unworthiness. And that's where, like, if we don't believe that we're valuable, we will struggle with feeling like we have permission to have wants or needs in the first place and then to actually honor the wants and needs. Number six, struggling to recognize when a boundary is needed and what it should look like. And seven, knowing how to communicate a boundary or how to say no, how to do it the quote unquote right way. So I guess you could consider, you know, do one of those stand out for you? Maybe there's more than one, but maybe you're taught like two or three even reasons why you kind of wrestle or struggle in this department. Um, Let's see. So I mentioned in the very beginning that there are three strong cues for me. That I have a leaky boundary in my life. Um and again, those are resentment, persistent anxiety, and avoidance. I want to chat a little bit more about what I mean so that to offer you an example so that you can notice in your own body and life what the dominant cues might be for you. So resentment. If I notice the emotion or the experience of resentment coming up for me, there is always a leaky boundary. It doesn't mean that somebody else is violating a boundary of mine. In fact, often the leaky boundary is with me. I'm the one, not respecting my own boundary. Or there's something that needs to be maybe more clearly articulated, or I need to get clearer on why the heck this thing matters to me in this season of my life. So resentment for me, though, is like a number, the number one thing for me, because as I mentioned, it always, always signals a leaky boundary somewhere in my life. Persistent anxiety, oh, actually, I do want to say, so um, resentment, actually, that's not true. I had added a note here, and it's just, I'm just realizing that's not actually accurate. So I will just come back and say resentment could be with another person. Like, there could be something where there's an interaction with another person that needs to be tightened up, and it could be with myself. Um, Hmm. yeah, actually, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say this. I always I always want to be accurate for myself as well, but I do think that resentment actually is most often involving another person when that comes up for me. Anxiety often is more about myself. I need to check in with where I'm where I'm maybe disrespecting or not honoring or making space for the things that I most need. Um, so anxiety is when, it, where I said like resentment for me is like a hundred percent, there's a leaky boundary. Anxiety doesn't always, it doesn't only mean there's a leaky boundary in my life. It could be for a lot of reasons. Um, sometimes it's like hormonal stuff, grief, the state of the world, whatever. But it's always at least a cue that I need to, there's that my life needs more attention, I need to get more intentional, I need to go under the surface and see what's going on. Where can I bring more compassion, or quiet the noise, or maybe, you know, simplify or lower the bar or something. But it's not 100% of the time a boundary issue, per se. But if anxiety is persistent or chronic, it does mean for me, look under the hood. What can you tighten up? Um, And then avoidance and avoidance for me could be with people like relationships or with other things in my life. Um, So if I'm avoiding person or a place, you know, so sometimes the relationship is more about an organization, a community or something like that. If I'm avoiding, I want to ask why. And I don't just mean like one day I'm run down. I don't want to go to this thing. I mean, like, it's a persistent issue. If I'm avoiding meeting with a person, chatting with a person, whatever, that means there's something going on there that needs to be addressed. There's some kind of leaky boundary, potentially, or it could just be some truth telling where I don't feel safe with that person. I constantly feel drained with that person. Um, maybe, you know, like in years past, there were people who gossiped a lot and I was just like, I don't want to be here in these circles where this is kind of the talk, you know? Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I mentioned that boundaries, leaky boundaries might be just about us, like our own relationship to self. So for instance, our self-talk. Um, I didn't write this on my notes, so I'm glad that it's bubbling up right now. But so if we have really mean self-talk, I would call that actually a boundary violation more than a leaky boundary, but certainly. Um, that's a place that I would want to create a self-imposed rule. And I did in the past, like years past, um, 18 plus years ago, in fact, when my third child was born, I shared that story, I believe in season one, but where I created a no bullying policy for myself, that was a self-imposed rule. It had nothing to do with other people. That was about me and my relationship with myself. Does it have an impact on other people? Yes, because the way that I treat myself, my friendship with myself, how I fill myself up, that spills over into my circle of impact. But the boundary itself was just about me and me. Um, So sometimes it's a self-imposed boundary line or self-imposed rule that needs to be tightened up and sometimes it involves other people and I did want to mention that because a lot of or some women that I teach say or work with they're surprised by that it's not something that they have actually heard of they always think about a boundary as involving other people Um, A side note here. Have you ever heard of Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies model? If not, I'm going to share a link. Um, you can check it out for yourself. It's really fast and easy. You can take a little quiz over on her website. But the Four Tendencies model I encountered Um, well, it's been really helpful. It's just one of those little things where you can learn more about yourself and the people in your circle and get more understanding about why we behave the way we do. Like, what is our internal drive or motivation? Because I'm always more interested in underlying motivation than surface behavior. You know, again, kind of circling back to parenting, often like we focus on behavior. But if we only focus on behavior, we're and we're never going under to see well what's the root of this like what's driving the behavior we're not going to be able to have the same positive um like sustainable um, impact or behavior or change you know whatever it is that's required as as when we we figure out oh this is what's driving that behavior so um you know, put 20 people in the room, same situation, whatever people's behavior might, people might have the same behavior and we could have all very different reasons or motivations driving that behavior. So anyway, so the four tendencies model is just about how we respond to inner and outer expectations. So that's why I'm bringing it into a conversation about leaky boundaries. Um, So friends, there's four um, categories in this model, four tendencies. And um, off the top of my head, they are questioner, rebel, upholder. And what's the other one? I'm going to see if I have a picture. Oh, yeah, here. And obliger. So. You'll probably see yourself fairly clearly in one of the four. You might also have like your dominant type and then know that in some cases you lean over to one of the adjacent tendencies. So I'm a questioner with rebel leanings. I'm not going to share more about what that means because you can go explore it um, on Gretchen's site. But that will help you in Understanding your own behavioral patterns as it pertains to boundaries. Let's see here. I touched on that. Yeah. Okay. So I want to share some examples of leaky boundaries from years past in my life. And And the point of that is just to help clarify what I'm talking about, so that you can then reflect on your own experience, your own life, and kind of scan for leaky boundaries. All right, so let's see. Um, Okay, my spending plan. So if I have a plan, in place and but let's just say you know I want to be saving more money for something but there's never enough money at the end of the month left to save it could be the there you know there's a leaky boundary here a couple of things that can help me are track my spending for a while and get more realistic. So if I, you know, cause maybe I'm just like way overspending on groceries and I'm not conscious of that. I just don't, you know, you know, I'm, I'm under budgeting, say for groceries and that's where the money's going. Um, or another way of shoring up that leaky boundary in the past has been to become much more clear on why it matters, you know? So It can feel easy in the moment to spend money on things. But when I remember that we're planning this, you know, big, memorable trip to Europe with our children, um, because we want to, because we value travel and learning about the world, et cetera, it helps me kind of tighten up my day-to-day spending. Someone's behavior Now this was a rough list. So I'm not sure I have to remember what I wrote. I just, someone's behavior is hurting you. mm, Yeah. Okay. So in general, your um, someone is, yeah, their behavior, I, there is a really specific example in my mind. There's more than one, but I just don't want to mention people specifically. Um, but there is some behavioral stuff that is persistent and it's just not working for your life. Now, the how to shore that up. In some cases, you know, it's appropriate that there's just like contact is cut off or there's less access to you. But it could also be um, that you need to clearly say, you know, what you will and will not accept or tolerate and the consequences for that If that continues to persist, then, you know, you can decide what to do about it. Um, Or, you know, showing up leaky boundary in that case might mean you move them further out in your circle of impact. And that just means, again, I already mentioned this, but maybe they have less access to you. Um, Okay, a more recent one. Actually, this comes up periodically. Um, There's going to be a little teeny swear here. So in case you have children around, but buying stupid shit on Instagram, this is a recurring thing in my life. I don't even like shopping. But if I notice that I am buying stupid shit on Instagram, it's usually because something else is going on in my life. I am run down, I'm weary, I'm anxious, like it has nothing to do with needing some ridiculous thing on Instagram. But that's a place of vulnerability for me. Instagram stuff always looks cute, and it almost never is what it says it's going to be either. But anyway, so... For me, self-imposed rules around online shopping are really helpful. I don't need them for much of my life, but sometimes I do, like lately. So my self-imposed rules in this area right now are zero online shopping past 9 p.m. And Instagram, zero shopping without a 24-hour pause. If I come back in 24 hours in the day, in the broad daylight, and I think, oh, yes, this is a values-aligned purchase, it makes perfect sense for my life, then fine. Otherwise, it's a no-go. Um. So in some cases, business or life, I've offered flexibility to somebody. And again, I'm avoiding getting really, really specific um, on purpose, but and and they keep kind of asking for more rope. Well, it's still, it's on me if I've allowed it. And I can be compassionate about that because sometimes it's really hard to know what to say, and what to do in the moment. But when that resentment is coming up or I'm avoiding that person, I need to take action. So I need to figure out what is the boundary line name it for myself, get clear on the why, communicate it very clearly to the other person. Work spilling over into weekends and evenings on a consistent basis. There are seasons of life where this happens and it's not necessarily a leaky boundary issue. It could be that your family's in crises. It could be that there's something else going on, or perhaps it could be even that you agreed to that for a limited time, because, you know, for a values-aligned reason. But for me, when it's a persistent thing, and now I'm not getting the rest I need, and I go into my, you know, Monday morning feeling depleted because I've never had a chance to rest. That's a problem. And, For me, this does mean, you know, I have to get honest about the life I want, how I want to feel in my body and life, and then begin cutting, reducing, simplifying, systematizing, streamlining, like whatever is appropriate. And but basically, it means I have to be honest with myself about my true capacity, that my eyes tend to be bigger than my stomach. And it's an That's just, it's been the truth of my life since I was a little girl. Um, And as much as I want to be able to take on more or, you know, handle a little bit more with joy, it's not the reality. And it's a kindness to get honest about that and shore up those leaks, those energetic leaks in my life. Wine has been a thing where I've needed to shore up boundaries in my life in different seasons. So I didn't drink for much, most of my, well, from like 20-ish to 2021, I'm not sure, to 40. I just didn't drink, didn't want to, had no interest in it. Um, And then after 40, I'm 52 now, there was a time where I was... I was I, I honestly, looking back, I was not actually drinking very much, but that wasn't the point. The point was I wanted it all the time. And it was that that was a cue for me that there's a problem here. So I cut it out a hundred percent and figured out that I there was some I needed to attend to my anxiety, the chronic anxiety, chronic anxiety has been with me since I was little. There are some seasons where it's much quieter. Um, It's always something that I am awake to, you know, taking good care of myself, but there's some seasons that it roars to life and I need to, again, go under the surface and attend to the roots. So anyway, so I did that back then. Um, and I don't want to go too much down this road, but after my son died, I drank a lot. Um, I drank a lot. I'm not ashamed of this. I will talk, you know, I have talked about it elsewhere. I will talk about it, but, um, a lot of moms who I've met who have gone through child loss, some are sober before. And that is helpful and they need to be really consistent with their Balanon on meetings or their support, you know, getting the support they need. Others fall into numbing substances or patterns to survive and then find their way back to either sobriety or health or balance. Um, I, you know, just there is zero shame and judgment in this because I know what it takes to survive this type of loss and pain. So, I will just say for me, I drank a lot of whiskey. Um and I don't like anyway. And that's not a sustainable pattern. You know, it's not how I live my life, it's not what I want, but I I I did what I needed to survive, like literally survive. And then there, you know, there's sort of this stripping away, waking up period, almost out of this like deep fog where it's like, okay, shore up that boundary, shore up that boundary, um, get really clear on what is appropriate, what is healthy, what is values aligned, you know, et cetera, name that very clearly and then practice. So Um, let's see. I kind of mentioned this but dreading time with someone or I mean if you don't feel safe with somebody that's you know that's a clear signal that something needs to happen in that relationship but even you know always walking away from time with somebody feeling like really drained or like I think that relationships should be reciprocal um and even if you're a lower energy person, and you're not always like, you know, you don't always feel like this, like, yay, super excitement about time with people, because you know, it takes a lot out of you. But still, those, those times with others should be life giving. Um, If they're not, I would, I would investigate. Um, Shopping bans have been appropriate in my life. So sometimes like, So again, I'm not a stuff person. Um, but I do, I've where one of my core values is curiosity. I love learning. Um, but if, if there's any kind of like fear or urgency, that's pushing me to buy a book or a course that is a signal walk away, you know, that 24-hour pause rule can actually be really helpful here as well check the motivation um sometimes it's just that I end up I never used to do this but since my son died I would buy books but my brain couldn't focus so I ended up reading listening to a lot of audiobooks over these past four years and that worked really well for me just in the past like six to 12 months like I've been kind of trying to be able to train my brain again to focus more with written material. Um, But I ended up with an excess of books that I hadn't read. So I established a a book buying ban for myself, like a a print book ban. I have apps for audiobooks, Um, But anyway, so that can be a, a way to shore up a leaky boundary in your life as well. Um, wardrobe, there was a time in my life, it was years ago now, but it even sounds weird to me, but I often felt like pressured to buy different types of clothing, like, um, well, certainly like for weddings or things like that, things that I would spend money on. And then I knew I was never going to wear them again. Or, oh, I feel embarrassed even saying this, but like, there was a time where I was following certain blogs, and I was influenced by feeling like, Oh, I should dress more feminine or something like that. And I would buy certain things and I wouldn't feel like me in them. So I would just, it's a waste of money, but also it felt dishonoring to myself. So I tightened that up with a minimalist wardrobe and just saying to heck with this. I don't need to follow anybody else's fashion rules. I'm only wearing fabrics that I like colors that I like, which for me means a lot of black, a little bit of color here and there. Um, But like, it has to be really comfortable. I have sensory issues and I don't wanna wear things that steal my focus and attention. Like if I can't just forget about the clothes I'm wearing and do life, that's a problem for me. So that was a beautiful life-giving way for me of shoring up unnecessary spending Expectations, um, you know, handing those back, or um, or yeah, just wasting time shopping or feeling like I should dress like, look like, sound like anybody else on the planet. Um, a simple boundary, leaky boundary that helps me, or ha- has certainly helped in the past is, and I actually just mentioned this to my husband to help him, but I drink um 16 ounces of water before I have my morning coffee often if we start the day with coffee we're not thirsty and we get dehydrated I like drinking a lot of water so I just fill my one liter mason jar right in the morning and for the most part I don't have an issue I drink a lot but if I notice that I'm getting a little dehydrated that's one of the things I come back to make sure first I drink 16 ounces then I can have my coffee. But if I start the day with water, my body will ask for more water. Okay, I'm getting to the end. If my office door is closed, it signals to my family, do not enter and do not disturb me. If it's not 100% closed, they can knock um, or through the door, kind of check, check if I'm available. If my inner critic or comparison get really loud, it's a signal to me to quiet the noise. So the leaky boundary might be, I've got too many sources of media happening that are not serving me right now. Um, And I give myself permission to unfollow or mute or unsubscribe to whatever is not serving me right now. I could, maybe I value their work. I truly appreciate it, I value it. And that still doesn't mean it's serving me right now. Almost done. Let's see. Um, okay, so a current thing that I've been navigating is wanting more space in my life to write, like not blog posts, but my, you know, books. So, but it's always bottom of the barrel, bottom of the to-do list because, I, you know, with honestly, with good reason. I have other things that pay the bills. I need to attend to those, my family, my health, whatever. Um, but so sometimes the leaky boundary, shoring up the leaky boundary could be going back and saying, do I really want to do this? Like, is it truly something I value and I know why it matters? And I'm willing to invest a huge amount, like books, by the way, huge amounts of effort for very little return for, for most of us, you know, like, except unless there's like this intrinsic return. Um, so like going back and making sure that it's not something I'm doing for any other reason, except it is like truly aligned with my core values. It's something that I want because like, I want the learning curve. I want the experience. I do believe it'll serve my audience, etc. So the shoring of the leaky boundary could be saying it's not it's not a priority in this season. And I I did that over the last four years. Um, or it could be, it's, um, it's going to take longer because I'm not willing to sacrifice these other things in my life to write a book. I've also done that and continue to do that. But also right now, I'm noticing my honest capacity and that I really only have good things in my life. I've done a lot of pairing back. But still, if I want to write and I do, I've decided that at least this one book that I'm working on, I want the experience, I want to follow through, even though there's a lot of resistance. Uh, and it means I need to make more space, more emotional, energetic space for the type of work that it demands. And so even though there's these are all good things in my life, I have to let go, reduce, you know, lower the bar, et etc, to make space for that. Um, let's see, two more ideas here. Well, something I struggle with is in some cases, people I care about who persistently offer unsolicited advice. My friends and I, for the most part, we work on asking each other, would you like feedback or would you just like me to listen? You know, something like that. And that's a really great thing to practice, I believe, with our, um, our people, you know, so that's something that my husband has needed to keep working on. Cause a lot of men, you know, and maybe there, you know, there's a lot of women clearly um, as well who struggle with this, but for men, it's like, it's one of the learned things. I think that they, they were maybe conditioned to, or whatever to be fixers, problem solvers. So, um, you know, they, they might try to do that when you're just wanting to be heard. And so it's something that you just need to clearly say, like, hey what i really want is this could you could you try this with me or you know um so so yeah but it is something that sometimes comes up in my life i know there's a leaky boundary and and sometimes i'm a little bit nervous about addressing it okay and finally one more place where i have experienced the benefit of shoring up a leaky boundary was in my relationship with my husband where I realized that we cannot have hard conversations before 9 a.m. or after 9 p.m. It doesn't work. It does not lead anywhere good. It might not even be something that is a huge deal, but I I don't have the bandwidth for other people to have like, I'm not my best self in if there's tension, if I feel activated, whatever, before 9am and after 9pm. I, I do best with more solitude, being in my own brain. Um, yeah, and leaving harder conversations for kind of those other hours of the day. And that has worked really well for us. All right, so um, I'm going to end there. I'm going to share something I've been enjoying. It really has nothing to do with boundaries or leaky boundaries, but um, the book Cassandra Speaks by Elizabeth Lesser, I really loved it. Um, And it's all about who's telling the stories and the impact of who tells the stories in our culture. So, yeah Cassandra Speaks by Elizabeth Lesser. Uh, Imperfect Action, if you're newer to this, if you feel that you really need a lot of support around boundary work, I recommend just go ahead and start by reading the the blog posts that I'm sharing with you or take one of the workshops I share with you um, in the resource area and if you've been doing boundary work more consciously for a while what you might do is simply kind of go through the next you know two or three weeks and pay attention to your personal physical emotional mental cues of le- of a leaky boundary in your life uh invitation okay I mentioned those two workshops you no pressure here at all I'm just like if they if they interest you they're there but I did want you to know that I have a special offer where if you buy both part one and part two they speak to different things um there's a 30% off price reduction for you until next time make peace with messiness to make space for joy